This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome to your next exciting instalment of MS Momentum, the show for people with MS and their supporters. Alas, your field officer is the lone radio star again this time. Next time we will have an actual person. Well, I am an actual person, but still. So you're well and truly into 2022. Goodness me, with Waitangi Weekend already becoming a memory. What did you do? So here we are on OAR FM waiting to see what delights I have in store for you. This time I'll be chatting about community. As humans, we are all social beings. Usually we belong to many different community groups, family, school, sport and work. You're bringing mess into the mix and communities change and do change to include a health team. This can be your GP, your neurologist, caregivers, physios, etc., etc., etc. At times, input from your healthcare team can seem a bit overwhelming. Or on the other hand, you might feel like there isn't enough input from your health team or that you don't get to see your neuro as often as you like to. As you know, diagnosis of MS can be life-changing. All of it will have to change at some point and all of us will get at least one disability along the way. Life, none of us get out of this alive. With MS, the challenge can be to see the things that potentially MS has brought to you. I can hear the response now. Yes, yes, it does suck to have MS some of the time. Maybe being diagnosed has made you reflect and rethink about life. Being your field officer has made me so much more aware of how amazing people are when faced with this challenge. Climb that mountain. How you get to that top isn't that important that you do get there is. Mountains don't have to be Kilimanjaro, though. It could be studying or going back to travel, eventually when we're allowed. Whatever fits for you, or even going to Machu Picchu. Which one of my clients did, it was exciting. I got to see the photos. Along the way, your community will change and grow. You will find others living with MS, have friendships with others facing similar challenges. MS is, as someone described it to me, as a snowflake disease. You are also very different, and your symptoms and how they come to you will be different. The common ones will connect you to others. Meeting someone else living with MS or the families of others can be rewarding. Oh, the joy of not having to explain why you need to go to the loo again, or that you're simply too knackered to go out. So do you have an MS community? Or has your MS introduced you to other communities? How can you, in the time of COVID, assure that your community stays linked? We've all all now had the isolation many people with MS have all the time, thanks to lockdowns. What helped you to get through? Which of your community networks was strengthened? Which ones do you want to strengthen now? Has art become a delight? Is there a local art group near you that you might join? Yoga, Zumba, swimming, aqua jogging. There's a group for all interests. You may just have to do a bit of investigating to find one to suit you. You might also want to think about how a group like that can change to fit with you if you have to isolate. Zooming is a wonderful tool. This is MS Momentum on OARFM.
I'm getting organised for today's show. I did some research into what can help with feelings of loneliness. I found out several things whilst looking for ways to get creative about this topic. We are pretty lucky in New Zealand Aotearoa that we can learn from other countries. The UK even now has a minister for loneliness, which is pretty cool. 40% of adults will feel lonely in their lifetime, across their lifetime, at different times. I took some notes and I did some digging and I found some ways to increase or just stay connected. Connectedness seems to be the major key to not being lonely. Who to connect with can be a puzzle, though. Keeping in regular contact with family is great. Keeping in touch with friends is positively better, it turns out. Animals, all kinds of animals, help with social interactions and levels of loneliness and the dreaded depression. If you hand me a mess, you may well have had a wee touch of this as well. Fish are great for lowering anxiety. That's why you often see them in doctors' rooms. Watching the fish swim can be really restful. Not all of us can practically keep an animal, though. But we can borrow them sometimes. In the case of cats, if you leave your door open, one is sure to turn up. My aunt has a black cat she was given when her wee dog passed away. Turns out there are actually two different black cats that are living with her. My aunt only realises when she woke up with one on her knee and one on the sofa. In the time of COVID, when some of us will have to cycle isolate if we become unwell or to keep yourself safe loneliness may well pop up more than it has done on that cheerful note we're going to stop for some music already and listen to the gorgeous Andrew Day with Rise Up You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round and you can't find a fighter But I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out Move mountains We gon' walk it out and move mountains And I rise up, I rise like the day Silence is quiet And it feels like it's getting hard to breathe And I know you feel like dying But I promise we would take the world to its feet Move I won't dance Bring it to its feet
love that we have each other to the musical interlude of Sandra Day on MS Momentum on OARFM. Community is many things to all of us. Keeping up those community connections in life can be a lot more exciting. We have lots of great groups around the place in Otago, dog walking catch-ups, art and craft groups, singing, dancing, pony riding. There is, of course, MS Otago. Meeting people through this community of others can make living with the disease easier. Whether it's a chat about medications, symptoms, or all of the other aspects of life that just don't stop because you have MS. We had a recent um, contact with all the other MS societies, one of the field officers wanting information for women in pregnancy and MS. So that's actually given us all a great resource just because someone asked one question. Be in mind, if, if you ask me a question, I will get the information and then I'll tell everybody because I have a big mouse and that's useful for you. So I just squizz around the internet and came up with some first aid solutions for loneliness. This was quite exciting for me. Well, to be fair, I watched a bloke called Guy Winch, who's a psychologist. who was quite passionate about treating emotional wounds as well as we do physical ones. I've mixed up his stuff with other helpful tips. Guy Winch, G-U-Y-W-I-N-C-H.com is where you can find him. Loneliness is actually really harmful to our bodies as well as our minds. If you cut yourself, you'd probably put a Band-Aid on it. But what about if you get hurt emotionally? Emotional first aid is firstly, be nice to yourself. Speak to yourself as if you were speaking to your favourite person. Hello, possum. How lovely would that be if we're as nice to other people as we are to to ourselves? We're all very hard on ourselves. If you feel like someone hasn't rung you for a while, ring them. Smile when you're on the phone. That makes a difference. If we already feel lonely, we tend to be more risk adverse. The more lonely you feel, the more you end up distorting your perceptions of yourself and your relationships. So one way to to rethink this is, is when we distort 
our perceptions of ourselves and our relationships is we think people don't care about us. About us. A second way is to devalue our relationships. Oh, that friendship wasn't really that important. And loneliness is self-reinforcing. It's not such a good thing. People do care about you. Whether you think they do it can be an issue to do with loneliness. So try and take a break out of this wee loneliness, self-reinforcing thing and use our emotional muscles. That old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it, applies to our emotional selves as well as our physical selves. I know many of you take the time to exercise physically to make life generally easier and better. Can you make an effort to engage your emotional muscles as much? Stretch them. Ring a friend you haven't caught up with for a while. Just like physical exercise, take things slowly and build them up. If you don't want to go out for a long time, maybe just say a quick catch-up, a quick phone call, a quick text with a smiley face on the end. The smiley face on the end makes all the difference, apparently. So we have a loneliness coalition in New Zealand, which is to do mostly with the fact that we have an ageing population, which in some ways is, well, it is what it is, but it's also... In some ways, it's really good because people realise how damaging loneliness can be. It's as bad for our healthy smoking. And the ones of you who do smoke know how I feel about that. So if you were told that something that you feel on a regular basis is as bad for you as smoking is, and you've been a smoker and you've stopped, what can you do to improve your emotional first aid. There'd be many things that we can do that we mightn't think are that big a deal. I do really like the idea, though, of this guy, Winch Bloke, who talks about we clean our teeth every day, twice a day. We, If we cut ourselves, we cover it with a Band-Aid. We are much slower to look after our emotional health. And I think like he's quite passionate about it. He's very... Cool to watch. He's a wee bit dry, I think, but he um, he gets really you know people that are passionate about what they do are quite interesting. And he talks about some quite random psychological experiments people have done on animals and on people, not to hurt anybody, and the responses that people have when they fail, and we all fail. And he thinks that that is a, a failures create a traumatic emotional response for most people. But failure is part of life, isn't it? And as a friend of mine said to my child recently, failure is the first attempt in learning. And if something doesn't go as you well as you thought it had, don't retreat back into yourself. Give yourself maybe a day and then go, okay, so that might not have gone as well. I might try something else. Because being alone is very common currently with COVID as well. I'm stuck in my wee office. I get to talk to you on the phone. It's not the same as seeing people in person. And for some of you, that is the reality of every day. So to get around that, can you join, if you're computer literate, which you are if you're listening to this, can you join a Facebook group? Can you, I've joined an upcycling sewing one. I'm not actually that flash at sewing, but it's fantastic. There's people all over the world. 
finding out amazing stuff and getting amazing hints from each other. And the people are so generous with their time and their knowledge. It's great. I'm not saying you have to do that, but it might be around gardening. It might be around gaming. Who knows? I think you can sit and play games with other people at the same time in different places. I don't actually, I'm not that technical, so we don't know this. You know, as a parent, there are lots of parent groups out there. And there are lots of groups for people with MS that can support you. Not saying just MS or Tango, there are a lot of different groups. You might be a Tassabri group or an Ocrebus group. Or a group for people who are looking at finding other medications, other ways of treating things. You know, you have to keep positive. It's very hard, I know, at times to remain positive, but it's the best thing that you can do long term for your emotional health and your physical health. If we realised how much damage that being lonely can do to us, then we'd probably act more quickly on it, I think. I was quite surprised with some of the research I've been doing. There are quite negative consequences of being lonely. And people might be surrounded by other people and actually still be quite lonely. If you've got a partner, a husband or wife, a significant other, why don't you next time you're sitting next to each other on your phones, put your phone down and say, can we watch this tally program together? No, turn the TV off, have a conversation, chat about something that's not to do with the kids that takes you back to when you first met and engages and why you first met and why you are together. Life does get in the way. I understand that. I understand that a lot, actually. It does. It gets in the way and it can be overwhelming. And if you're juggling work and MS and kids, they're all a bit much at times. And it's okay to say, actually, I want some you time. I talked to someone the other day who said that her husband will sit on his phone and she says to him, actual, I need to talk to you. Put your phone down, please. And she said it might not be for, for very long, but he puts the phone down and they actually have a conversation about what she thinks they need to talk about. Might bear off into other things hopefully doesn't veer off into an argument. But, you, you know, you take things slowly. And like when you exercise, and that can be so hard to keep at exercising, to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. But you do. So exercise those emotional muscles. If you haven't talked to a friend for a while and say, do you want to catch up for a coffee? Do you want to go to a movie? You know, they don't ha- it doesn't have to be a big thing. Even a hello, how are you today text can be great. If you're always waiting for other people to contact you, they won't. So make the move for yourself and say, actually, how are you? I was thinking myself, I hadn't talked to a friend for ages and I thought, then I thought, actually, I haven't talked to her. And she knows, obviously, that I have a child and that I'm busy and so is she. But I made the effort and it's been really lovely. And it was just a hello, how are you? Sometimes it doesn't take very much to make us feel way better about ourselves and about our relationships. And I know that that stumbling block can be there. 
And as this guy, Winch Mann, said, he is a psychologist, he did say, you know, it is, we are harder on ourselves. And if we are already feeling lonely, we may put some barriers in place. So it's actually putting those barriers down. And if we've tried to connect with someone one way and it hasn't worked, then have we brainstormed about how you could connect with other people in a different way? It might be that you're feeling really anxious when you go out. Have some rescue remedy that always works for me. I find it a fantastic thing. It doesn't mess with anything that you may be already taking. Just to be slightly less anxious. Okay. We're going to have a musical interlude again. And we're going to have something. Ravel's Bolero. talking about emotional loneliness and I wanted just to finish with a wee story that um, Guy Winch told in one of his podcasts and it was about how when we become more isolated we have those two things that trick over and say no actually 
people don't like us as much as we think as you know and we devalue relationships and we we go no no they don't they don't like us that much and he described these as the stepsisters in Cinderella's story you get all the attention and all the thing and actually what we need to do is be looking at Cinderella and saying she overcame all of those things and she had a happy ending. I'm not saying that's going to be romantically happy ending for you. I don't know what your situation is, but rather than focus on the stepsisters, how about you focus on Cinderella and put yourself as Cinderella. Don't be expecting any glass sleepers though. Just think about the birds and the mice and how they kept her company. And maybe you've got some birds and mice or dogs and cats in your house that might keep you company. Animals are wonderful little emotional furballs that can be very helpful. I'm not sure that there was a helpful, but anyway, this has been MS Momentum on ORFM. Take care. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.